A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us from the Mass each day. When we take a little time to let the Spirit come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, so we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful word that comes to us from God. On this first Sunday of Advent, Father tells us to start now to make the best of our relationship with God forever, for we do not get second chances. This gospel passage, as many of you may be aware, is what inspired that Left Behind series that was done some 20 years ago which made for a great movie-making, but it was horrible theology. Not only if you read the article in the bulletin, the idea that people being taken with the ones going up to heaven, it's all backwards. It's not exact, that's not what the story was all about. In fact, the reverse of that, those who were, quote, taken were the bad guys. And what's happening is, when he talks about what's being taken, you notice he never says where they're being taken to. Because Jesus is referred to people being taken to heaven and left behind for some wonderful period of thousand years of joy of Christ. He's talking about people being taken up from the things of the world. That's what that passage is about. He's saying that people that get so wrapped up in this worldly living, they get caught up in that, basically lose their ability to live in this life properly. They're taking up in the world, so therefore lose that ability to continue to live life as they should. Because the world becomes too important. It's the people that are willing to live in this world but not be taken out by it that are left to be able to live a proper life. This whole passage is confusing in my sound with all the cryptic stuff that we've been hearing in, in the readings lately. It's all meant to drive us to appreciate the fact that what we do in this life has consequences for eternity. And I'm not simply talking about whether or not we get to heaven or go to hell. I'm talking about the nature of a relationship with God is determined forever by what we do with our relationship with God now. If we were to die right now, all of us, the radio would come down and smash us all the smithereens, and we're dead, the state of your soul right now will determine the state of your relationship with God for the rest of eternity. And that's why Jesus says we always have to be constantly awake. We always have to be aware of our surroundings. We have to be aware of our soul. We have to be aware of what our limitations are. We have to be aware of where we stand with God so that we can always make those improvements if that is our desire. I bet you if I ask every one of us how close we want to be to God, what are we going to say? As close as possible. We want to be right smack dab in the middle of his heart. We want to be connected with him as close as we can get. And Jesus says, if you want that, then live that. Every moment of every day should be a continually giving of ourselves a sacrificial love in order to draw closer to God now. So that one day we can stand before Jesus and He'll give us that place of closeness to God. We kind of get a little bit too wrapped up in things and say, well, I have a pretty good life, so everything's going to be fine. 
I didn't remind everybody, heaven is not some country club that we go to and everybody enjoys things on an equal basis if we're going to the beach. Heaven is a relationship with God, and the depth of our joy in heaven is based on the depth of our love for God now. It's as simple as that, and we lose sight of that fact. We might be thinking, oh, well, as long as I get to heaven, I'll be fine. I need to remind everybody there's a little point that most of us are going to have to go to before you get to heaven. Our Catholic faith teaches us that you don't get to heaven by being okay in your faith. You don't get to heaven because you're a pretty good person. You don't get to heaven because mostly you do the right thing. You get to heaven when your soul is perfectly united to the heart of Christ, which means no sin, no desire for sin, no temptation to sin, no want for sin, nothing of darkness is on your soul. Nothing. You might be thinking, well, we've got no hope. Well, that's why God gives us a beautiful purgatory in order for us to be able to get rid of that stuff. But purgatory is not a fun place to be. If you think getting rid of sin is difficult now, <coughs> it's even worse in purgatory. Why? Because you can't control yourself at that point. You're reliant on the grace of God to help you out. And you're reliant on the prayers of others. You don't get to sit in purgatory and say, God, help me out. You know what? Time's up, folks. The state of your soul when you die is the state of your soul in purgatory. And if you're holding on to sin when you're living, you're holding on to sin in purgatory. And as much as you hold on to it now, you're going to be holding on to it there as well. And that's what's going to keep you from the heavenly kingdom. But how many people think it's difficult to let go of sin in this world? We all do. Just don't raise your hand because nobody ever cooperates with me. We all find it difficult. If we didn't find it difficult, guess what? We wouldn't do it, right? I don't even have to ask this question. How many of us sin? We all sin. Why do we sin? Because there's something in sin that we're holding on to. There's some attachment to some sin that we actually find joy in, pleasure in, comfort in, so we keep going back to it. That soul state of our soul will continue into purgatory. We'll be holding on to that same desire. And Jesus is saying, if you let go of it now, you won't have to go through that purging process. Because the difficulty of letting go of it now becomes even tougher in purgatory. The problem in purgatory is, it's even more painful because of the greater awareness of just how damaging that sin is to God. And so you suffer much more intently trying to release the sin that God says you should release now. If you think life is tough now, purgatory just flat out stinks. And it stinks for as long as we want to hold on to that sin. And so Jesus says, I don't want you to go through that. Because the longer a period of time that you're in purgatory means the more you're holding on to sin. The more you're holding on to sin, the less you're holding on to God. The less you're holding on to God, the less joy you will experience for all eternity. So it's not like you're going to die and say, well, if I spend a thousand years in purgatory, at least I get to heaven. Your joy in heaven has been shortchanged because you didn't give God everything that you have now. How many of you are married? You are, you are, you are, you are, you are. Most of you are married, okay? I've asked this before. How good of a marriage do you want? You're like, that's a stupid question, Claus. We want the best marriage possible, right? We don't want a 30% joyful marriage. We want a 40%. We want a 100% beauty of marriage. Well, if you want 100% beauty of 
relationship with God, you need to give God 100% of yourself now. Because what you do now determines your relationship with Him later. And the whole reason we start off Advent with these cryptic end of time things is because Jesus wants us to be aware that this life is the time to prepare for the end times. You don't get a second chance. How well we love now determines how much love we will experience with God later. And He wants us all to experience the best love, the most love we can. That's why He pushes us over and over again. The entire year throughout the church from Advent, Christmas, ordinary time, Lent, Easter, all of it is to drive us to do one thing. Prepare for Christ. How do you prepare for Christ? By becoming His image and likeness. By becoming somebody who not only accepts His love, but gives His love. In all things, what we do is something that is self-sacrificial. We offer ourselves constantly, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we are, no matter what our circumstances. That is what's going to get us that closeness with God. If you want a mediocre relationship with God from eternity, live a mediocre life. That's the warning of Jesus. That's the whole point of this gospel passage. That's why St. Paul says, constantly put on the armor of Christ. Stop waiting to be good. Because we might not be it next week. We might not be a year from now. We might have not the opportunity to make up for everything you haven't done at that point. We need to look at our souls right now and say, what is my relationship with God? Am I 100% in love with God? Or am I only 80%, 70%, 40%, 30%, wherever we are? Just remember that relationship with God that we have right now determines a relationship in the heavens forever. If you just want to skate into heaven and have a lame relationship where you want to experience part of God's love, you might be feeling okay, but it's kind of a shame that you think that's worthy of God. Why would you want the best marriage you can have in life and not have the best, want the best relationship with God throughout all of eternity where it's so much greater? And if you want that, you work for it. And you work for it by giving yourself constantly over to God in everything we do. We give more. We sacrifice more. We forgive more. We love more. We hope more. Until we are the full image of Christ, there's always more we can be doing. And if you want the fullness of God's love, which I would hope that everybody does, then we work for that fullness of love by being the fullness of love in this life now. The beginning of Advent is to remind us there's no second chance. When you die, it's over. That's it. You've done your time. You don't get to go back and say, do over. Reincarnation doesn't work. You don't get to come back to Buffalo and try and do it again. This is it. So the question is, are we ready to die right now and say, this relationship I have with God is as good as I want it to get for all eternity? You can say yes, but you don't have to do anything more. But if you're not as close to God as you want to be, don't wait till tomorrow to start making it happen. You work on it today.
right now, at every moment of the rest of your life. It's kind of a shame that God offers Himself fully to us, and the only thing that keeps us from having that fullness of His love is us. Jesus gives Himself fully because He wants us to have Him fully. Let's do our best to receive the fullness of His gift. It's a good gift. We should really work to have it all. Father concluded Mass with these remarks. Now, you might not have seen that level of series, but I guess you most of you have ever watched that movie, Wizard of Oz. Well, talk about a theological disaster, that one as well. Do you remember that scene where they're all going before the wizard to get their gifts? And the tin man goes before him and he wants what? A heart. So he gives him a little flower. And he tells the tin man, remember, the size of your heart is not dependent on how much you love, but on how much you are loved. Absolute blunt, blah, garbage, nonsense. Total opposite. Let me rephrase that to make the Wizard of Oz theologically accurate. It is not how much you are loved that determines the size of your heart. It's how much you choose to love. Because how much we are loved, we'd all have an infinite heart. We'd all love infinite. Remember that. The size of your heart now determines the size of your heart forever. Make it a big one.